This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your host, Akansha Kumar. We are recording this episode of RWO from our office and joining me are two guests who have graciously agreed to join me here instead of a regular Zoom call. So today we have Aishwarya Ayer, a senior correspondent with The Quint who covers hate crime and communalism and has given some of the biggest news breaks on Delhi riots in the last one year. Hi Aishwarya. Hi. Good to see you. Thank you for inviting me. Also joining me is Monica Mandal, an independent journalist who writes about agriculture, sustainability and environment. Hi Monica, how Hello. are you? I'm good. So we'll talk about Aishwarya's story in the first segment. Her documentary titled Silencing Rape Inside UP's Banda Where Sexual Assaults Get Buried was released last week and it talks about the ordeal of four sexual assault survivors in Bundelkhand region whose fight for justice exposes the hollowness of state machinery and how it fails to lend the much-needed support to survivors. Firstly, Ashwarya, tell us how did the story of four survivors turn into a year-long project for you? How and when did you decide that you had to stay with the story for a while? Um, I went... Uh, in January 2020, Akanksha, and uh, the idea was to go and meet them and, you know, see what you get, because this is not something that was happening in the news, right? We were not following up on news. We were looking at content, which is away from news, enterprise driven by our own ideas, your own inputs. So we went there and uh, met these women. And I remember while meeting them, and um, of course, four have made it to the documentary, but there were more women that we'd interviewed. Um, But, you know, all their stories, um, the fact that, you know, there was no closure to what was happening. I, at least I didn't feel like there was a closure, that the story had ended. Um, I felt like for each of these cases, there was um, a fear of threat, of survival, um, a lingering of shame by own family members, etc. That was that was a very, very prominent uh, in all the four cases, which made it seem like the story is not over here. And uh, I actually don't even think with this documentary, the story is over. We intend to stay with this, you know, track it for as long as we can, because you don't know how these things play out, right? Like if there'll be more cases against them in the future or, you know, what will happen. So we'll stick with that. So yeah, it was that lingering, obvious harassment and violence that they were still facing that made it seem like there was more to uh, investigate. So I'll also just play... uh a very short uh, excerpt from the documentary uh, where this one particular uh, survivor who was sitting on a protest initially, her name is Sunita and uh, she was gang raped. She first uh, sits down in protest asking for a formal complaint to be filed. And within few hours, while you are still tracking her case, you find out that the accused have offered her money And uh, I mean, you know, through the podcast, I mean, you may not be able to, uh, you know, feel what that woman is going through. uh, But I think the visual of that finger, her finger has been inked. So apparently some kind of agreement has been signed. And you just try and console her as she's trying to make sense of things. We'll just play it out. 
भावे मैं क्या बताऊं बिटिया मोर दिमाग में काम कर रहा भर भर आ रही ये जो लोग आए ये घर आए या कहाँ आए घर में आए घर आके क्या बोले ये कहा रहे राजी हो कहा थी एक लाख ले ले और राजी हो जा मुझसे काल जब रही दस या करा ली नहीं आपने आपने कर दिया ये किस कागज में किया आपने साइन मैं घर में करा ली क्या लिखा था उस कागज पे बता देता क्या लिखा था बताइए एक मिनट क्या एन के रिपोर्ट पे राजी राजी करवा लिया उनको राजीनामा करवा लिया है उन्होंने जो है जमानत कराई है उसी में मर रही हूँ तो What was your first reaction, uh, you know, as a reporter when you came to know that, uh, you know, a compromise has been struck between the victim and the accused? I knew since the moment I had gone that this is happening. The initial amount was twenty thousand. It went up to one lakh because Delhi se koi reporter aayi hai. Um, I knew all of this. I didn't think that it would happen. I didn't think that she'd sign on it. You realize how insignificant you are. you know as a reporter how helpless you are that this woman saying that she's being gang raped and i was there interviewing her and it doesn't mean anything it just means that somehow me getting there emboldened the rape accused to come and make the deal happen faster and her family members the locals everyone knows that i'm tracking the case no one called me do you understand the level of shame the level of um, the mindset that we are talking about you know nobody felt like maybe didi ko bula do wo kuch kar kar payengi her son who still talks to me all the time and will he wants money for a, a bathroom or this or that whatever he's got married to a handicapped woman who he's saying drama kar rahi hai i don't even know why he'd get married there's no way he can take care of a handicapped woman they're very poor people but no one called me so i felt bad i felt like i had let her down in some way uh but at the same time i didn't i didn't it's not my place to be shocked you know it's not my place to have an opinion on what she's done so you this justice works differently on the ground right mm. and you have to respect where people coming our people are coming from so if she obviously she was coerced and forced to um, take that money but if that money is going to bring her any kind of peace which also it didn't that's the problem of this documentary they want to take the money back hmm Uh, just just another level of uh, i'm very glad we went back you know because for me i thought it had ended there theek hai paise le liya now they'll get off her back but now they're saying we'll find a way to get she's transported her buffaloes out of the, her home because she's scared they'll steal it they'll steal her buffaloes so it's at her mother's house which is a village about 12 kilometers away so yeah i think i was just so this was an amount which was supposed to just hush her up and put an end to that protest Uh, has a formal FIR been filed in Sunita's case till date? No, but after the F uh, the documentary was um, released, actually not even after the documentary was released, I had put up a tweet. PM Modi had gone to Uttar Pradesh recently, and he had made a uh, some glor- glorifying comments about the UP government and how they've handled um, you know COVID so well, etc., etc. In in all those hollow praises, there was one line which said. there used to be lawlessness in up but now nobody can no man can think he can raise an eye at a woman and get away with it it wasn't a comment about the government 
it was a comment about the society improving which i thought was just wrong so i put pm modi and his quote and i niche wrote please watch this painstakingly done documentary i didn't I, do editorialization or say this is rubbish or whatever please watch this documentary by us that tweet the dgp in lucknow saw so we got calls my ceo my editor the office people are calling me constantly and i was very concerned because i had already spoken to the sp and shared the details so what i'm hoping now and with the up government you can't tell of course i was very scared because you know fir's are registered on tweets on anything and it doesn't matter if you're a hindu byline or a muslim byline anymore of course you're 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 a lot more vulnerable if you're a muslim no doubt about that but um, we were very scared and we had a couple of calls and i saw the documentary again and just felt like there's really nothing like what can you what can you file a case on everything's on camera like what can you do karna hai to karenge matlab dekha jayega so they said they've started investigation in all the four cases they called some of them uh, the last case study father called me up you know sounding very scared and all of that so i told him ki aap dekh lijiye matlab you know tell him ask him who he is from the sp's office so did the up police uh, call them up it so they got contacts from you had, and then yeah. they I had shared it even before out. because we were concerned about their safety after the documentary gets published we changed name and did all of that blurred identity right but they didn't reach out to sunita's family that's why i was calling all of them up so i don't know what they're doing they have to send a report to the dgp in lucknow so i have told them keep in touch with me if you're going to open reopen investigation whatever i'd like to publish it we will push the documentary again with it very glad that you're looking at the documentary means a lot that you know that's reached you we're a small publication etc etc i said all those things were in terms of action um also like help us understand ashwarya that what kind of pressure do survivors like sunita face uh which actually uh, leads them to accept uh, a token sum uh you know in lieu of uh maintaining silence and i asked this because i think uh in your previous uh, reportage also uh, when you had gone to muzaffarnagar and there also you came across several such cases where there have been informal uh you know settlement between the victim and the accused uh how is this you know kaap way of ensuring justice actually thriving in a state like uttar pradesh it's an alternative justice system the women in a lot of cases don't view it as particularly problematic there is no literacy there is no legal knowledge there is no understanding how when an fir is to be registered there are no questions they ask you know whatever they are told they do so it's a different reality in itself it happens rampantly not only in up i'm sure it happens across india where things are hushed it also like i know of sexual harassment cases in delhi and gated communities that are hushed by society rwas you know it happens even in these areas it happens in elite circles as well everyone tries to shush the woman down when she's going through something because it's acceptable because you're because you don't because there's shame attached to it there's honor attached to it and all of that so the f- instant reaction is to not make a big deal out of it even the husbands will do that even the family members will do that the sarpanch of the village will do that everyone wants you to not access the justice system that is the first response to a sexual assault in the case of muzaffarnagar riots we had found out how all the muslims who were uh, muslim women who claimed to be raped 
all the all of them had gone to court and withdrawn their statement from naming these people these people were people who they worked on the farms of who they were tailors to they were people they knew they lived next to them named complaints ended up being going to court and saying nahi ye nahi tha matlab bilkul bakwas hai the judge can on the contrary put a case on the woman then you know there is a provision of the law i'm not being able to remember where you can put a case ki aapne false statement diya hai and start an investigation against the women women don't even know that so if these men really want to get back they can do that how these cops and all work or like in the muzaffarnagar case there were muslim men involved and cop leaders involved right so i won't see it as only a cop issue i will see it as a sexist issue in our country where even in these cases these four cases there is no particular caste like like in the first case she I is a yadav i want to ask about it if, yeah. if there is a caste angle yeah a lot it. of people have asked that it doesn't have a caste angle it doesn't have a caste angle that deserves to be highlighted so in sunita's case there's uh, from the she's a she's a yadav and of the accused two are yadavs one was a muslim and one was a khushwaha the kind of muslim was ki hum unka pani bhi nahi peete hain so i sensed casteism on their side on sunita's family side okay and ye to खुशवाहा तो नीचे जाती है या गर्विता इज अ शेड्यूल कास्ट एंड द अक्यूज इज अ मुस्लिम द अक्यूज मुस्लिम इज अ पसमंदा विच इज अगेन नॉट बट बट बिकॉज मुस्लिम आर इन मेजोरिटी देर इज अ लिटिल बिट ऑफ अ थिंग ओवर देयर हायर आर की फॉर श्योर राइट बट अगेन नॉट इनाफ टू बी हाईलाइटेड एज अ कास्ट क्राइम इन किशोरी इज केस बोथ ऑफ दैम आर ओ बी सीज आरथ जाती कंगारथाज and in uh, nena's case uh, she is a verma and from the accused three are vermas and one is a muslim so this was not this is not this is not even caste like it's not even caste it it's is just, just institutional bias against women and yes yes so it's not about we are higher than the the, the violence is not because you deserve it because you are a niche jaat or anything the violence is because you are a woman and we can get away with it it's as simple as that So like after the Hathras gang rape incident UP has been in news for some of the most horrific uh, cases of crime against women and uh, like even in Hathras case which has uh, which my colleague Nidhi Suresh has been following since uh, September last year and like in one of her recent reports uh, she found out that uh, during an uh, you know internal inquiry one of the police officers uh she he said that uh, oh i could not uh, file a complaint because i had piles uh what do you have to say about dereliction of duty uh, by police officers because like even this morning and every time i have to discuss such stories i always go through all that justice verma committee has said in 2012 and words they just you know they do stand out they do talk about institutional bias among policemen they do talk about immediate response after the incident yet nothing seems to have changed on the ground so what do you have to say about the role of policemen especially because in one of the cases the very policeman who was escorting the father in nena's case actually molested the victim it was horrible um they would they'll say things like are ye to jhoot bol rahi hai um aisa nahi hua hoga there was a woman called usha in who didn't make it to the documentary usha is not her real name um they said and i we haven't used it but i got very very angry how can you say nahi hua hoga aap the kya udhar matlab aapko kaise pata nahi nahi ye jab jab zameeni baat hoti hai na to aurte aisa karti hain um see policemen are from the society 
okay they are going to reflect the attitude that men at large uh, have in india india is a it's a really thankless place for women to live to exist to thrive to walk on a road to get educated to be married to live happily after marriage it's a thankless country it's just i'm sorry i sound <laughs> uh it is a thankless country so yeah it wasn't surprising or shocking that they were not following what they need to do um i wasn't expecting them to um to be any better but yeah it was it it it, it really makes you realize what what a bubble you live in um because uh, ground realities are always like they're like a nice reality check so the election of duty happens all the time even in this case the dgp has uh, looked for asked for a report i don't think i mean the least you have to do is, is suspend the investigating officers especially the people who are, who are in the documentary hmm. who you can hear saying ki are inka mamla hai beech mein inka uh, in in the case of kishori yeah. uh, they had gone ahead and um, the the police officials had you know roughed her up and said tum jhoot bol rahi ho aise tumhare sath nahi hua hai wagaira wagaira in fact it was a female police officer yeah. who pulled her hair and her hair. and actually nine year old girl yeah. and she pulled the curtain mummy baith ke tumhari maa ban karo are yaar 9 saal ki ladki hai aur tum aurat ho तो ऐसा नहीं है कि uh, मतलब है ही नहीं वो लिटरेसी नहीं है सेंसिटिविटी ही नहीं है सो नॉट जस्ट मैन इवन द फीमेल पुलिस ऑफिसर्स नीड कोर्स इन जेंडर प्रॉब्लम बट दे आर बाई स्टैंडर्ड बाई इधर दे आर जस्ट लुकिंग एट थिंग्स हैपन और दे आर बट दे डोंट हैव द पार आई थिंक इन मोस्ट केसेज और देचुएटिंग इट फॉर एग्जाम्पल इन द केस ऑफ नैना यू सी द अक्यूज मदर सिंह की ये लड़की ही बहुत चालू है ये लड़की ही ऐसी थी वो ही जाके लड़कियों लड़कों के ऊपर उनको पकड़ लेती थी और इसके पापा इस पर जादू तोना करते थे का क्या बोले जा रहे हो आंटी मतलब मन करा था फोन रख के बोलूँ लेट्स टॉक प्लीज वॉट इज दिस नहीं बोलने दो बोलने गोल्ड बाइट्स कीप टॉकिंग क्या पॉइंट है मेरे कुछ बोलने का and for a state that is going to polls in the next 6 months what do you have to say about uh, you know some of the initiatives by yogi adityanath government like anti romeo squads i think the last time when i went to up uh, i in december it was for uh, our nl sena project on love jihad and i could see that even at village level like in sitapur there, there was this case from tambor so at the village level also there they have these un women help desk yes. that have come up across up correct uh will these initiatives you think have have they uh, are they impactful in any way i think this is my fault i should have read up a little bit more about what the up government has done before going so as to see you know include a segment about anti romeo squads in the story gone and checked at every police station if there is a working uh, women help desk or not and how many women are there um i didn't do that uh, but uh, it's a learning first documentary but uh, no I, i mean when that when the sp of banda said we have this 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 i was like what are you saying matlab beat constables oh so this is like priority for us uh, violence against women and girl children and we make a list of it and we share it with the beat officials and beat officials go and meet them regularly and make sure that there is no harassment and there's no threats and they don't have to leave their village karvita has left her village she is actually is not there anymore that will be the third next documentary she has gone over hmm. uprooted from her home uh, for just saying that she was sexually harassed 
uh and uh, um there are anti romeo squads uh, we shared details with them they go and meet the accused family and the uh, rape survivors family and they get it in an affidavit it's not official this guy is saying all this on record um sp abhinandan banda that um he that they get an affidavit from them the accused saying hum aisa kuch karenge nahi aage ye kya hai rabish matlab so this is Crazy. this is like when they are accused are out of jail and out they are of, out of jail when the if one incident has happened you know and you don't want to create make an fir out of it you go and send send these guys and they'll talk to them and say ki aise aainda aise mat karna aur agar jail ke bahar aake bail kar rahe hain to ja ke dekhte hain and then they uh, then the police opposes their bail nothing so nothing these are very cosmetic happens. measures Yeah. just uh, trying to ensure, it sounded but, unreal yeah. I was like आप जिस बांदा की बात कर रहे हैं और जिस बांदा मैं जाकर आई हूँ ये तो बिल्कुल भी मतलब कोई तो मुझे बोलता है ना कि यहाँ से कोई आया है या फीमेल पुलिस ऑफिसर हैज कम एंड फॉलोड अप विद मी यू हैव टू हैव इन्वेस्टिगेटिंग ऑफिसर्स इन ऑल दीज केसेज हुआ सपोज टू मेक श्योर द केस मूव इन कोर्ट या ड्यूरिंग अ पैंडेमिक फ्रॉम फेब्ररी टू नाउ वी ऑलरेडी हैव वन केस ऑफ द डेली राइट्स विच इज लेट टू एन एक्विटेड अ जजमेंट दीज केसेज आर ओवर अ ईयर लॉन्गर there is no reason for it to not and these these are supposed to be fast track courts right like when it comes to rape rape cases the judges are told there like these guidelines where you have to hear the case once in two weeks at least mm. obviously none of that is happening um so yeah it the what the police what the up government is saying that they are doing versus what is happening on the ground there is a world of a difference between that and the only way to fix it is by getting sensitization workshops and how and like demoting and suspending like officials jinke against ek bhi complaint aati hai you know like make it like tak over gone but when do you how do you do that because i remember the last sp of banda when i had gone for the first time his name is ganesh shaha he met me and said kal kal aa jayega interview ke liye give me data and all so theek hai i returned the next day hey nahi he has been transferred so, so that's another problem Haan. that khud hi transfer one particular police official doesn't stay long enough so that he can pursue he a case he was involved in a racket himself for yeah. paying for post of paying to get a post okay this is the sp of banda who has been transferred because he is involved in a racket and look at him Corruption telling me aap kal aaiye ha and he's telling me aap kal aaiye matlab main bewakoof hu sach bol do na nahi aana hai camera pe also like uh, in such cases every time you know because you have to give them a right to respond and you interact with the families of the accused a very different kind of misogyny and their attitude towards women is also there for everyone to see it's in public domain something that uh, you know nidhi and i witnessed during our lakhimpur series as well that they would uh, you know get into character assassination of the woman and how she uh, the victim was at fault uh, but since you spent so much time in a district like banda in bundelkhand region which is relatively a backward area of up uh what do you have to say about the societal attitude which also sort of uh perpetuates violence against women any particular anecdote and incident because uh, you know you you we, as we could see that there are two videos and like in another video or uh, behind the scenes we could see you going through those dark alleys and also overall that ecosystem is not safe for women yeah uh i mean i don't want to make it seem like oh i felt so unsafe and you know like i had to get out of there and i was alone shooting and i was my own camera person producer whatever i don't want to make it seem like that you just do a risk assessment right you've been on the ground um you know that in situation mein 
मेस्टअप है तो मत लो पंगा निकल जाओ जहाँ पे पंगा ले सकते हो ले लो तो इस सिचुएशन में क्या होता था वेन यू रीच द विलेज एंड द सैनिस सेटिंग एंड ऑल दीज मैन कम आउट या एंड दे आर ड्रिंकिंग एंड दे ड्रिंकिंग रियली चीप एल्कोहल दे रियली आर इट्स अनसेफ एल्कोहल टू बिगिन विथ इट्स ऑल इन दीज प्लास्टिक पैकेट्स एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट एंड आई रिमेम्बर वन आस्किंग मी ऑल्सो आपको पीना है एनी वे सो फ्रस्ट्रेटिंग बट या दे ड्रिंकिंग एंड देर अराउंड यू कि कोई कौन आया है ऐसे 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 करके आ जाएंगे रील स्टैंड बिहाइंड यू एंड देन यू कैन स्मेल यू कैन स्मेल दी एल्कोहल यू वॉन्ट दैम टू गेट ऑफ सो यू स्क्रीम एंड से प्लीज आप दस स्टेप पीछे लीजिए एंड दे वोट टेक टेन स्टेप्स बैक एंड दैट हैपन्स वंस एंड दैट हैपन्स ट्वाइस एंड दर्ड टाइम यूर लाइक ओके आई एम लिविंग सो आई जस्ट आई वुड जस्ट से दैट एंड दिस इज द सेम विलेज दैट दीज वेमेन आर फ्रॉम so you know i i can i can't imagine how comfortable they would be out while all these men are drinking and saying things and standing inappropriately close to you and they are just like locked up home in their homes because you know sham ho gayi hai aap ghar pe rahiye so um, yeah and other than that even our, in our case of sunita her husband is a good for nothing he is not worked for years her his her son is also a little silly but he's trying to do something she works on fields and makes 200 300 a day um for this son and this husband this is crazy um and uh, the husband said that ki kya kar diya tumne tum mar jati to behtar hota if you had died it would be better because kya kya daag aa gaya hai parivar pe this is the husband saying you know like imagine your your confidant your partner telling you that you've been you've been gang raped and he's like i hope you died your existence is sh- a shame for me i mean imagine what her existence means to her husband Hmm. like it means nothing she is insignificant to her husband so yeah i think uh, i think as a society we have a long way to go and i honestly don't have much hope um because i think this whole you know this attitude of like we don't even know how to stand in a line in an airport like we want to cut matlab not only like you know how when you're driving the car and wahan pe cut aata hai to sab aise jale ja ke ek aur extra jale jate hain you know yeah. there's no there's no discipline uh, you know There's nothing. That sensitivity and sensibility is missing. Since be, I mean, be it we urban, not, we are wired uh, to be population uh, or rural. Yeah, we are wired to not be disciplined. Uh, you know, it's in our blood to be dirty, and our politics, in our way of life, in our, the way we treat each other, we are so toxic. Uh, so I don't see it changing uh, because the people who are controlling this are men, and they lack all the sensitivity in the world. for sure like for media houses they'll say all these things but when it comes to actually act, actually making sure it happens on the ground like you know there's no empowerment ki mujhe fix karna hai it's just that matlab everybody is making money right all police officials are constantly making money in this way or that way so your motivation is not to do your job properly uh then what can you expect from india and any final comment you would like to make on like the larger socio economic picture of these villages like do girls uh, get to complete their you know class 12th are there in enough colleges and what about men and their uh, sort of state of employment does do these factors also play a role in terms of ensuring uh, how safe or unsafe the general environment is so all the accused are people who don't have jobs um and are going around here and there trying to do labor work which basically means ki ab do din ja ke you'll work you'll make 400 bucks you'll come back you'll spend the next three days drinking you won't give it to your family or your wife some of these rape accused have wives you won't give it to your mother or you care about the kids that you're procreating every day for no reason when you don't have the financial stability but uh, yeah so these are people who don't have solid jobs um to begin with 
एंड एज सार एस वेमेन आर कंसर्न देर इज़ नो लिटरेसी इवन द मैन आई मीन आर नॉट रियली लिटरल क्लास एट तक पढ़े होंगे तो आई थिंक इन ओनली टू केसेज देव सैडी लिटरल क्लास एट I don't think any of them have. Um, I haven't met all of them. I'll be honest. I don't think any of them have have completed class twelve education. So uh, class twelve, to बहुत दूर की बात है. Class five, and these places don't even have schools, accessible schools mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, you in your imagine in your village, there's been an area, there's been a thing that a woman has been abducted, or a sexual assault case has happened, or an attempt to rape case has happened, a gang rape has happened. How comfortable will you be to send your daughter to school in, from that area, right? Like you'll be worried about. her safety um so no there is no literacy there is no legal knowledge uh there is no media uh, coverage mm. there are no protests being organized there are no human rights groups lawyers or uh, women groups who are going and understanding or doing a fact finding in these areas in this area which is the one of the most backward areas uh, in india so if they don't make like proper solid changes With, and the effect of that only we'll see twenty years later. Anything, Monica, you would like to ask uh, Ashwarya? You have also returned from uh, a stint in Western UP. Uh, this is Eastern UP. So, do you would you do you want to ask something about the story? Yeah, maybe. Uh, can you brief a little? Like, how was your experience? Like, what you said about the men drinking in the evening? How did you figure out? Like, what would be the safest thing for you? to be at like in a hotel or to stay with these people whom you were reporting so like how was your journey like how did you figure out where should you be at or uh, yeah um you have to trust your instinct if you feel uncomfortable you should leave it's as simple as that because you are not the story you don't want it to be a delhi journalist got sexually harassed that doesn't need to be the headline right you're there to get their voices across so you're very clear about that um and yeah you try to do it uh, to the best of your ability so how do you do it you trust your instinct you um if i feel actually I, only once i remember when i was doing the muzaffarnagar riot story and i was going to meet the khap leaders who had facilitated this whole deal which lead, led to 22 32 rape accused being off the hook so another should i should redo that story um in that case also i remember when i was entering the cup cup guys so i had to record so my recorder my phone the iphone ka video was on ki kuch to matlab leke aana hai bahar i called up aviral who was my editor then and i said i'm doing this and she's like dude what are you saying like i yaar i don't know and i had just almost fainted in a village 3 4 hours before that because of some dehydration um i had literally like called rohit and said sir and he's like what happened it was scary So then I was I was very pumped. I had gone and I had looked on D and everything. I was okay. And she's like, no, no, dude. Like I don't know if you should do this. this. So she's talking to me. Risk assessment is happening. So I said, listen, let me go inside. If I don't feel comfortable, I'll get out. I'll make an excuse. I'll say I'm on a call and I'll leave. मतलब they they will not hold me back. मतलब इतना तो नहीं होगा. So uh, I told my driver. I said, आप गाड़ी दिल्ली की तरफ लगाइए. और इसी ऑन रखिए गाड़ी ऑन रखिए बैठिए जैसे ही मैं गाड़ी में बैठूंगी बिना पूछे एक्सलरेटर बस दबा देना भगा देना गाड़ी को तो ये सर ठीक है अब मैं अंदर जब जा रही थी आई स्विच्ड माय वीडियो ऑफ बिकॉज आई फेल लाइक आई डोंट नो लाइक यू नो तो फर्स्ट थिंग दिट वॉज चेक माई फोन्स कि आप कुछ रिकॉर्ड कर रही हैं या नहीं लाइक थैंक गॉड दैट वॉज सेफ देन यू सैड देर देन दे वर लिटिल बिट हॉस्टाइल आई वॉज वट एवर वट एवर लेटिंग दैम टॉक एंड बिहेव लाइक मैन एंड देन दे सैड कि आपके लिए कुछ खाना वाना ऑर्डर कर लेते हैं and then some samosas came and i ate them even though i didn't like them um 
and I was being all like, you know, you have to be the, like I, my go-to is like be the goodie of the house vibe. So talk to the women around there and just like be comfy. That's go how to, you get embedded and yeah. get information. Go to Ray Pakyu's house, go straight to the women and just be like, oh, city girl in a village. You know, do all of that for a bit. And then, yeah, then you gained that trust. And then I, I still didn't record anything. Whatever heard, whatever I could, came into the car, just vomited everything on a piece of paper. And then I called him back a few days later. And I said, listen, I had written some of the things you had said, but I lost that paper. So do you mind just telling me? I recorded the call. Ki agar, matlab, you know, if I need a reference or whatever, or if he tries to create drama with me, I'll send him this call recording. I'll say, hey, but you said it. Um, but they don't even think they're doing anything wrong. They think they're doing all things right. So you do you do your assessment. It's fun. I like it. Like sometimes it's been once where I didn't go into the house only of one of the Muslim leaders who was facilitating this deal because he wasn't picking up my call and the neighbors told me he's home. And my driver was a fattu. Itna fattu. I road. Useless tha Ritu, ma'am, I called my uh, see, I called my editor, Ritu ma'am. I said, ma'am, I'm not feeling correct. Can I come back without anything? Of course, come back. Your safety is most important. I was like, thank you very much. I mean, it would be crazy for her to say, no, 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 go inside. <laughs> so I came back. Then I called him up from 20 numbers and he finally picked up one call. And I said, why aren't you picking up my call? And then I met him later. Um, so yeah, it's a fun thing. But... Um, yeah, it's fun. Isn't it fun? Like, I'm sure you've had experiences like this too, right? Yes, it's fun. That is why we keep on doing it over and over again. Yeah, it's fun. Exactly. I think that's why we're journalists. Yeah. You take a, a you thrill. switch yourself off and then you're back on the field. Yeah. Take a good Netflix break <laughs> and then you're back on the field <laughs> my, in midst of madness and everything else. My go-to is get a kela from somewhere. <laughs> Pull the window down and just look out at the fields and be like, wow, I'm, I'm getting to live my dream like... Going to one village and then to another village. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Have you faced something like this? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I couldn't really figure out where should I stay. I mean, that was one of the biggest challenges, you could say, because there was no hotels around. So I had to find somebody like a farmer's house where I could stay. So then I then I had to tell them, OK, I'll be staying with you for some days. It is, is it OK with the, you and all? In the beginning, they uh, agreed and yeah, they were very helpful. I mean, I would say everybody I spoke with, even the officials, even the pollution, uh, pollution control board people, everybody mm. was very, very helpful. It, it seemed like everybody wanted to say something. I mean, they wanted this matter to come across media because mm. not a lot of traction is there, especially on things like, like this, because the mill people are quite powerful. Mm. So they would not let things like these uh, come in the media even if it comes like I when I was moving around people told me that you should not do this because um, there have been cases journalists have been killed for this but I guess my biggest advantage was that I was from Delhi hmm. and all these other journalists who tried to uh, take notice of this they were all local journalists okay. so for them it was maybe easy to track or to you know get contact with but because nobody knew me there and I also did not tell anybody that I'm going to do a piece or something like that I was like I'm a local journalist I came from Delhi I'm an independent freelance journalist so when people hear words like freelance they think okay nothing is going to happen <laughs> <laughs> so that was there so yeah people were very open 
because maybe because I was freelance, I did not have a name. They did not know for whom I was doing it. Hmm. So yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our first uh, segment. And listeners, if you are hearing this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes, log on to newslaundry.com and check out some of our other stuff where we uh, publish ground reports, podcasts and other informative pieces. Coming to our next segment in which we shall discuss another story which focuses on Uttar Pradesh and pollution caused by sugar mills. Monica's investigative piece based on four months of reportage has been recently published by The Third Pole. The story is titled Investigation, Hidden Water Crisis Behind India's Sugar Dominance. It's a fascinating long read on how sugar mills are responsible for the degradation of groundwater with very little checks and absolutely no fine or punishment of any kind. So Monica, my first question is, how did you stumble upon this idea and what was the process of four months of digging dirt was like for you? Yeah, so uh, I went there first time in around March around first week of March or last week of February. So before that, I was completing my master's. And during my master's, I, and even before my master's, I have been focusing on agriculture for about two, two and a half years. So I, I somehow knew these kind of things, which obviously happens around agriculture. But one of the things that always like stuck behind my mind was like, that nobody really talks about the damage that agriculture does, especially in Indian India Indian context. Because whenever you read news, everybody will be telling about how agriculture is maximizing production, how new varieties are coming across. But it's very difficult to find or see these people who are doing these things, who are practicing agriculture and their health, their livelihood and how they live in these um, villages across these farms their their whole livelihood or their lives are being damaged because they are practicing it so that was the first point then um, when I went to this village I obviously did not know a lot of things the only thing that I knew was a Triveni sugar mill which is the largest in Asia not just in India is situated here so yeah so uh, Triveni sugar mill is situated in Khatoli in Muzaffarnagar district and uh, it's there since 1933 so I mean, they began. They did not really began with being the biggest, but slowly and steadily they uh, took some farmhouses, not farmhouses like farmlands, and they expanded like crazy. And it was in nineteen around nineteen nineties, the late nineteen nineties, that um, the environmental regulations in India were quite strict. So they had to um, uh, they had to imply those environmental regulations and according to that they had to put a ETP plant which is effluent treatment plant so uh, what this plant does is that it, uh, this plant clears the toxic chemical uh, water and it just gives you normal regular water which can be sent into land or water bodies things like that so that happened then and since then, the villagers do have a lot of problems uh, with this ETP, also with the mill, but not a lot of people talk about it. There are only few people who has uh, spoken about this, especially with the mill and also with the court. So I met this one person called uh, Ahmed Ansari, 
he's about 73 and he has been trying to bring this issue in front since 1990s ever since the etp plant was first uh, established there but he has i mean he hasn't not really been able to do anything so there was one time that the mill was slapped with a fine of 1 lakh rupees per day in early 2000 but nothing really happened after that so because khatoli i mean because this uh, triveni sugar mill is the biggest in asia they have some sort of powers they say that they they are the best and they use the best quality etp and everything is clean and nothing is damaging but you can see the kind of things um, when you go in the field so when i was moving around uh, a lot of people called me in their homes and they showed me uh, a liquid of yellow color which was which was what got my car keh rahe the because exactly. wo pani ka rang badal jata hai right i mean they uh, they use they use the uh, pump like the hand pump to get water most of them get the water from hand pumps and they showed me this yellow color liquid which i was not sure that it was water because it smells like sucrose like sugar and it's very yellow in color i mean i thought that she got me beer i was like why <laughs> because it does not look like water at all and then i asked what is this she was like this is the water that we drink every day and i was like okay and then she took me to her kitchen and all the utensils had this white color layer and i mean it was from carbon or um, something of that sort and this is their daily lives and so so uh, why is why are these etps or effluent treatment plants not effective in that area like is there any shortcoming at the end of sugar mills or should there be some sort of monitoring whether these etps are functioning or not like what is the problem with etp yeah this is very fascinating because when i spoke with the pollution control board people they straight away told me that this is not even possible what you are saying because i collected samples from the etp outlets i also collected water samples from the um, houses and when we checked the quality so we uh, collected it two times one was in the afternoon around 1 pm or 2 pm and another was by a farmer named shekhar he collected the water in february at around 2 am like uh, in night and the water quality that we got at uh, after, um, at 1 pm in the afternoon the all the uh, measurements i mean all uh, the bod the cod were in under the permissible limits and the water quality and the water that the farmer collected in at 1 am it was about 1000 times more than the permissible limits so clearly the mills are doing this i mean it's not just typical of triveni it's it's common across all the sugar mills and when i spoke with other uh, experts everybody told me that you are not telling us something which is uh, surprising or shocking this is so normal i mean they, nobody was shocked that uh, this kind of things are happening so when i talked with the pollution control board uh, personals they told me that all the uh, industries all the sugar mills all other leather industries or whichever uh, industry you talk about we have this central monitoring system put in place and what this central monitoring system does is that it takes the measurements of the water quality that comes out from the uh, wastewater uh, outlet so this is what a computerized system yes this is yes okay and how frequently are the 
pollution control board officials collecting samples from in and around the mill or from the fields yeah so uh, this monitoring system works 24/7 so anytime anything wrong happens they should know but obviously they don't know hmm. and uh, to answer your question the mm, the cpcb people are supposed to check all the industries all the red flag industries sugar mill is also a red flag industry every twice a month or so but uh, that i don't know how true is that and every other industry other than the red flag industry they are supposed to do it once a month but when i spoke with one of the environmental lawyers he told me that if what he, the what the uh, laws says or what the regulation says if they do as it states like if they collect samples from all these industries once a month or whatever is the time period in that time frame it will take about 4 years to repeat the process i mean because there are not enough regulators in the country or there are not enough uh, mechanisms available to do the process as early or as frequent as it should be Four years, as in just to arrive at like yeah. the results, whether it's of no. So, like, let us suppose I took the water sample from you today, huh. and to reach you again, it would take me four years because there are such less number of people to do the job and to make it happen at that time. So, twice a month is not possible humanly with the current staff that the UP Pollution Control Board has. That's what they say. The lawyer says you should file yeah. an RTI on this. It'll be a solid follow-up. Mm-hmm. with the pollution control board with the state government with the home department find out uh, how many meetings they've had how many officials they have you can also get minutes of the meeting it will be in hindi uh, i mean that should be fine but some other hindi every place will have some different hindi it will be fun but it could be a really nice like this investigation is brilliant that could just take it forward yeah this case in, is in ngt right now right so we are hoping something happens So I'll just um, read out an excerpt from the story. In March 2020, Rambir 48 also found his farm full of water. Overnight my wheat farm was filled with water. The water receded in about a week, but my crop did not survive, he says. Paudhe jal gaye the hafte bhar mein. The plants were destroyed within a week. Uh so with respect to people like Rambir you know for them it's like livelihood the source of livelihood has been destroyed because of this bad quality water which is flooding his fields uh have there been complaints filed by local people are there any cases which are which are pending in courts uh, could you tell us about their status yeah so as i told about ahmed ansari he has filed several several cases since 1990s and um there is another person called shekhar chohan he is one of the farmers who is also in the story and he also uh, filed a case recently and after that the case got into ngt um with respect to other people like these people are the people with uh, like the impact is direct i mean because the mill is uh, releasing so much water the water is getting inside their houses in the uh, farms and uh, mind you this is legal limit what the mill is supposed to release the mill is supposed to release about 19 lakh liters of water every day from the etp and about 6 lakh liters of water from the uh, domestic unit so it's about 19 lakh liters of water every day coming out of the mill which is a legal limit what i really wanted to understand was that environment is a very uh, you know sensitive issue in our country and uh, 
I think every few weeks we see even our Twitter timelines, there will be a thread uh, of, you know, Adivasis trying to protect their environment and protest. Um, so I just wanted to understand, have there been instances of, you know, lodging a formal complaint with, let's say, DM or approaching the environment minister or approaching NGT uh, or approaching any court, uh, you know, for compensation or for providing an alternate site, let's say, for these sugar mills for some sort of rehabilitation. So Ansari did it. He he has been filing. Uh, he sent so many letters to Uttar Pradesh uh, government, also to the central government. Even before there was NGT, he sent the letters to environmental ministry in Delhi. And uh, he got replies. He got reply once from the Ministry of Environment and a team went there in the village to find out what is happening but no uh, no people like no uh, not even ansari was mentioned about it and the team just went there and after that they said that okay there is no problem as such what these people are saying and after that uh, after a little while there was another team which went and this led to a fine of about 1 lakh rupees per day for the mill but nobody really knows what happened to that money when I asked Ansari okay this happened way back in 2001 or 2 so what happened after that why did the mill did not stop and his answer was like nobody told us what happened we did file the report we did ask so many questions but nobody really come to us or ask, tell us anything that where is this one lakh rupee going or what is happening with this money so they don't really have much clues but uh, youngsters like Shekhar Chauhan he uh, when he did it when he um, approached the NGT the I mean the uh, really recently a team went there in the Khatoli village and it was just uh, I guess on 7th of July this month that the team went and they collected samples so now they are waiting what will happen they just wish that what Ansari did and how things happened with him it just does not repeat the same way yeah and what has been the impact uh, of this, uh, you know, water pollution on the health of locals? Like, uh, were you also able to speak to some of these, uh, uh, you know, doctors or health uh, activists? Is there any uh, particular sort of disease on the rise and how are they coping with it? Because I think even in villages, uh, I went to Mewat during general elections and private tankers is a very common practice and they have to shell out that 2000 3000 per month uh, for, from their own pocket because uh, groundwater is not really usable uh, so how are they coping with it with the poor quality of water they are not really coping i mean they are just drinking it so they boil the water so i met this woman um, she gets up early in the morning she boils the water she drinks it she then again boils the water to make tea then she again boils the water to uh, wash their her kids' clothes. Then she again boils the water if somebody comes to her house. I mean, her whole day just goes into boiling the water and drinking it or using it for any other purposes. Most of them has nazla khasi, like cold and cough, because uh, the sugar mill also runs a waste to energy plant. And if you just go there, it's very difficult for us, even people from Delhi, to breathe in that air because it's always black ash is there and it's very difficult to breathe that and also there are so many people who lost their eyesight because of this because this ash is always in the air then it goes in the eye and it just um, creates a lot of damage 
and if we talk about other things um so when this ash gets in your nasal passage it's not just limited to that then it goes to your lungs and when it goes to your lungs then there's so many chemi- chemicals in the air then it goes to your blood and then it can cause cancer it can damage your kidney your lungs the whole in- the entire system and there are so many patients of tb there there are so many patients who have gastrointestinal diseases there are so many patients with kidney diseases yeah so if you go there around every house has some problem every house has a patient and uh, finally monica uh, you know western up is also a very communally sensitive area uh, how does this uh, divide uh, you know get exacerbated and uh, did you also witness uh, you know the communal divide also uh, playing a role as far as the local problem of pollution uh, is concerned like uh, do people understand who is at fault here or does religious divide uh, also play a very villainous role yeah it, it does i mean it's very complex also because sugarcane is their economy if there would not be a sugarcane i don't think people would be able to live this that that's their livelihood so people don't really see sugarcane as something of a devil or even the sugar mill they don't see them as devils um but the problem is with the people somewhere because when i asked one of the persons he was he had this a uh, small shop and uh, he was supposed i guess he was hindu um so i i asked him uh, sir why wh- why why don't you just ask the mill to stop these kind of things why there is water everywhere and why there is so much of waste around everywhere and you don't do anything why don't you just ask the mill or why don't you just raise some questions his answer was like it's not the mill it's the it's the people because the place we are talking about it's islamabad so most of the people living that's here that's a village in muzaffarnagar yeah, yes that's the village it's it's opposite to the sugar mill and it's uh, nearby the etp so uh, he told me that because people are dirty this is all happening it's not the fault of any mill or any company or nobody's it's the fault of the people because you see around my shop everything is clean but if you go to islamabad you'll see the the people live in so much of dirt everybody is so filthy because everybody and that's eats. just sheer lack of awareness absolutely that is yeah aishwarya do you want to ask something does anything come to your mind i mean western up has been your terrain so to say so i mean i found the story quite fascinating because uh, i mean western up is under uh, the scanner of reporters only for communally sensitive uh, issues especially after the muzaffarnagar riots uh, under akhilesh yadav but i to me i think as a journalist it was something new that even it's a sugar bowl and uh, you know india is the second largest producer of sugar yeah, after brazil after brazil and uh, yet there is not enough coverage of something as basic as water pollution in the area uh, our goal posts have also shifted no i think yeah i think after 2014 or uh, i mean not i mean they 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 shifted for a reason um, it's always in the news not because uh, reporters also wanted to be in the news but because the political parties are milking it right so the communally uh, the com- the communal angle of everything is coming from there uh, from what they're saying and people are responding to that and working with a level of impunity on the ground so yeah i mean i don't think it's it's 
it gets it gets irritating for somebody who's covering communalism it's you're just constantly covering one attack after the other after the other but you're not really getting a time to step back and do like an investigative piece or like even like being able to do banda like it took so time so much time to put out this documentary because there were constantly other things happening in my beat right so you have to keep delaying it you have to keep delaying it you know so you want to do these meaningful standalone stories like your investigative piece right when and you need time for that you worked for four months on this that's very interesting i mean like like i will uh, i mean uh, i'm i didn't know about this probably we've, we've crossed those uh, sugarcane um, uh, fields every time we go um and get stuck in traffic also behind these tempos um and all of that and you know for for a lot of us especially who don't see uh, reporting from the prism of environment it's like a pretty sight or you stop and you get a ganna and you know you're like okay this is nice or you have juice cuz everybody's selling juice oh yeah you know what i i mean i, I would love to add this the farmers who are growing the sugarcane nobody eats those sugarcanes because they know what they put ah, into them oh my, my god, god. And, yeah those <laughs> thank you <laughs> this is the reason we met monica <laughs> never doing that again yeah we are never chewing a ganna now I'm just imagining <laughs> and invest in up <laughs> and also be very aware like when once i was just uh, passing uh, like a normal road it wasn't very wide and there was one truck full of sugarcane i mean it was probably overloaded and it just fell on a car and the car was smashed people were inside it oh my and god it, when i asked my driver okay uh, uh, sir what is this like are you not scared to drive on these roads he was like ha huh, this is the normal routine we are not scared i mean this is happening every day especially in this region especially in khatoli because a lot of gannas come here hmm so it's very common right. yeah j- just be aware when you pass from this area sure what i wanted to ask you was are sugarcane um, uh, field owners primarily muslim or primarily hindu or is it a economy that works because i mean read some reports on it also but i'm assuming that working together uh, like i would like to know what kind of roles these community members play like um are they primarily uh, people who do the transportation or the cutting are they the laborers or do they own the farms etc etc uh, and how how much that cooperation is necessary for this economy to thrive in general i don't know like if there are such divides because 50% almost 50% people there are muslims so they coexist I, you would not really see a lot of conflict of that so that uh if you are muslim no, no, you have I'm not asking about conflict I just want to know uh I'm not asking you about conflict surprisingly I'm just asking amongst the people the various roles that are played in the economy of the sugar mill industry from the laborer uh, to the person who does the transportation to the person who owns the farmland who does the cutting etc all of the different uh, labor roles what community um, are they primarily from yeah yeah that's what i'm coming i was coming at there's, there's no such conflict of interest for to say that this person will do this or this person from that community it it oh, does oh. not yeah it, it i don't think something of that sort is there because i met farmers who were muslim i also met farmers who were hindu i met laborers who were also hindu who were muslims and there are not laborers as such the farmers who are farmers they are also laborers because there is a dearth of farm uh, laborers so you would not find a lot of people who are laboring because most of the people who are young they have moved to cities because there is not much to do so even the farmers and even the laborers all of them are quite old and there is there are not young people so and also there is no such angle of religion i would 
say. I mean, I haven't seen that. Thank you for answering that. Uh, so that brings us to our last segment. In this segment, we'll share some of our recommendations for our listeners. And uh, so, Monica, shall we start with you? What would you like to recommend uh, to our listeners? Um, I would say all the stories at 52.in, especially Collision by Bhavya Dore. And there is one recent one called Hi Dear. And yeah, there are many. I think everybody should read every story on 52. And there is one book called Lust of Life. Um, it's a biography of uh, Van Gogh. And it's very interesting. Is it depressing? No, surprisingly not. It is, but it is not. It's very motivating. It's very inspiring. That's a nice suggestion. And Aishwarya, what would be your recommendations? Uh, so, um, firstly, I'd say, I mean, I know there's been an overload of Pegasus, but I think it's important that all of us read the Pegasus stories in a particular context to educate ourselves about what the government is doing uh, and what they are not doing. Uh, so, please read up about the various reports, even the follow-ups done by other uh, websites like uh, Scroll and The Quint, etc. Um, to, to, to place these, you know, these calls in context of governments falling or Lok Sabha elections or Ashok, um, you know, the uh, former election commissioner uh, being um, resigning early, etc. So just educate yourself to understand what this means in the larger context. And other than that, I'm reading a book right now, which um, for anyone who wants to understand um, the, you know, uh, understand how how communalism pans out on an, in an everyday way, uh, which is not overt uh, in urban settlements and not villages, and therefore doesn't lead to like violence that can be noted, but is happening um, on the side anyway, is this book called uh, Accumulation by Segregation, uh, which sort of maps where um, Muslims live in India and the whole process of ghettoization and how they are othered in the process by Ghazala Jamil. It's a beautiful book. Uh, it's relatively easy to read. And it's it's just, it's not hype. It's not sensationalism. It's just fact and very uh, a very thorough um, understanding of how Muslims are being othered uh, in Delhi. I would definitely recommend... Uh Aishwarya's documentary on Banda. I think um, it's very intense. It's very disturbing. And uh, I first tried watching it while I was on my way back to office and I couldn't watch it. Initially, after 10 minutes, I had to take a break and then I had to watch the rest of it. Uh, and yet it is a very uncomfortable truth that we all have to live with and track it as professionals. So definitely that would be my first recommendation. I would also recommend uh, the long form read, the story done by Monica. I think uh, it's equally important to be sensitive about one's ecosystem, environment and uh, how pollution can affect all of us. Uh, there's this video I watched recently uh, on Al Jazeera. It's uh, called Good Morning Pakistan, Journalists Under Threat. Um, it's, I think, a three or four year old uh, video on uh, some of these uh, freelance journalists who are trying uh, to bring news from some of the most backward uh, areas of Pakistan, hmm. where there's a lot of, uh, you know, violence. And these are these are female reporters who are, uh, you know, coming all the way from their village to a particular, uh, you know, newsroom. And from there, they're trying to tell stories. So they are trying to overcome the stereotype, the, you know, pull and push from their families mm -hmm. of society. 
and yet they are trying to be as objective as possible in midst of all of this and it's beautifully done because they are telling the story through the storyteller and the way this you know al jazeera journalist embeds herself in their respective ecosystem in pakistan it's beautifully shot also hmm. so that would be uh, my recommendation it's a 2016 uh, video and uh, what is on- it called again it's uh, it's called uh, good morning pakistan journalist under threat it's part of their 101 east series cool if you want to share uh, any feedback uh, regarding our podcast uh, you can always write to us at contact@newslaundry.com and on that note uh, this podcast is adjourned all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel